Master's sin. So it says, he says a beautiful thing here. He says, to study this, it says, oh, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. Yeah? To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be actualized by myriad things. I don't exactly know what he's meaning by that, but I like the way it sounds. I've been actualized by myriad things. <laughs> when actualized by myriad things, <laughs> your body and mind, as well as their, oh, their bodies and minds of others, will, will drop away. So in a sense, just like in St. Francis, it says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. So what we're doing here, in a way, is to learn about the self, and hopefully what you learn about the self, this feeling of being, I'm using self not as the universal, the largest, but the self, this uh, feeling of being an individual subject, yes, the long-lasting, independent, separate entity, the doer, the chooser, all that stuff, all those uh, aspects of it. When you forget about that self, or if you learn about that self, what you learn will distill into one basic statement, which is, I'm not that. Yeah? So in in the learning of the self, it hopefully will lead you to, I'm not that, and that's the actual forgetting of the self. Because if it isn't you, you'll lose interest in it. Seriously. Yeah? It doesn't, you don't have to work hard at losing interest in it. It's, you know what it's like when you, when you want to lose interest in something, but you can't? You're trying to lose interest is another form of being interested in it, yeah? You can't get out of it. But in this way, when you lose interest, it's because it's not about you, yeah? And so the you is what has your interest, yeah? When the thought system, the thoughts going on, the sound, the little K-Paul, or whatever radio station K-Steve you're listening to, that sound is entrancing to one or to the mind that believes it's about you. Yeah? One of the first ways is it believes it's about you is it sounds like it's coming from the vocal cords of what you call your body. Yeah? Like you may not believe you're a body, but you think you have a body. There's a someone, a nebulous thing, maybe you want to call it a soul or like that, but there's something seemingly residing in the machine that's inherently different from the machine. Yeah? And that's the real doer. It does through the machine. But that feeling of being that subject is a mental idea. Yeah? That's produced by the mental process. The feeling of being self is produced by a mental process. We didn't have it when we were first born. They, in research, they figured it, it takes around 18 months for the, the newborn to start feeling that it's different and separate from others. And it usually coincides with the the firing of the language center. So what reinforces that feeling of being separate and different from others is the language center, basically. Yeah? All the thoughts clothed in the sound of yours, or your words, yes, are like the entrancing of the mind to take itself to be something else than it is, yeah? Which is this figure, this Paul, this subject who owns this body or, and is the doer of the actions and has this and this and that. That interest is what bonds you to the self. Yeah? In recovery, we say, please relieve us of the bondage of self. The bondage of self is that we take it to be us. Yeah? Because when we take it to be us, it's very difficult to pull our attention away because it's about us. Yeah? So, just like I said, if you're really busy trying to pull your attention away from it, that's having attention in it again. So you getting in it or, get, or trying to leave it, has, it has you the exact same way. It doesn't care if you're getting obsessed with it or trying to get out of it, because that's another form of obsession with it, yeah? It's trying to get out of self. Like, if self is attempting to get out of self, it doesn't work, yeah? Yeah? So if there's an identification as a certain someone, and then that sub certain someone is feeling very uncomfortable and irritable and restless, and it believes it's being driven to that point by a self, yes? But the real self in the equation is the sense of you. So when you try to get out of that self, that's called self trying to get out of self. Yeah? And that's what's really frustrating for a lot of people. They may get an experience, like some we were reading the other day in, a, in, a, in an A&E, 
that about spiritual experience, but spiritual experience doesn't necessarily lead to a spiritual awakening. And you don't need to have spiritual experiences to be spiritually awake, because you are already awake. Yes? And in a sense, spiritual experiences can sort of make that its concept of being awake so ridiculously different than the way it actually is that the experiences will be used to keep you from really recognizing you're okay and inherently on now. Yeah? And then if someone comes and says and describes their great event when they broke out of the shell of self, and then you compare your you with theirs and you haven't had that great event, what's the feeling that you you buy right into? Well, I'm not there yet. Yes? And now who now who is going to take the mantle or who's going to take that challenge and now try to get there? The sense of self. Yeah? So self is going to try to get out of self. And that's what fails. So in learning of the self, hopefully you learn that it's not you. And then because it's not you, you'll start to forget it. Yeah? Like I always use a typical example. Find it in your life. If you have an extreme interest in somebody who's not in this room, they're in another room, right here, let's say it's a beautiful woman, and you have hopes and aspirations of sleeping with her and maybe conceiving your first child, and you never even said hello to her, but your mind is running with it. And so you're really interested in what she thinks about you, because it means a whole lot to you, yes? Which is the selfing, actually. And so you're here supposedly doing a talk, and but your attention and interest is in the other room, like trying to exert like Superman X-ray audio, you know, whatever, trying to hear what this lady says, because if it's about you and she says, I sort of like that guy, Paul, then maybe you'll feel safe enough to ask her out, because you're not going to go to the threshold of getting rejected, no fucking way. <laughs> so I want to have the bet edge before I make my move. So I'm... I'm here, and maybe here is really pretty cool, but my attention isn't serving here. It's not here, right? Um, my attention's in the other room. So, and it's going on, and so someone says, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be doing this talk. You're supposed to be here. I, I agree with them, but I can't seem to call the dogs off because you don't have any control over the dogs. This is a total illusion of self, as if you could call those dogs off. You have no control of them, Yeah? You're one of the dogs, actually. <laughs> okay? So now, someone comes and throws a book on the table. Read this book, Paul, How to Lose Interest in a Conversation in Another Room. So I page through it, and I can I get to chapter two. I, I know it already. But knowing it doesn't work either. Knowing that I should be listening and being here still doesn't pull my attention and interest in, does it? It doesn't, they don't answer, because that means a whole lot to my head, much more than what's happening here. That's like my savior. I'm going to marry that lady, and I'm going to be obviously happy at least for three years, <laughs> before the divorce, you know, but at least, and so there I am going, 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 going there. Suddenly, I finally hear her, and then, and she starts talking about another guy, how she likes another guy. What happens? Do I have to now try to control my attention to come here, whistle it back? It leaves immediately. As soon as it realizes it's not about me, it leaves. It leaves that thing. You don't lose interest and attention, you just lose it in the thing. Yes? And the biggest interest in attention that we're having is in this thing called Paul. And the exact way I lose interest in that conversation, because it's not about me, I'll lose interest in this little narration because it's not about me. So I learn about the self to forget the self. That's the point. I'm not trying to have self-knowledge, because in recovery they're very clear about self-knowledge. It says it avails you nothing. So any knowledge claimed by the idea of being the one who has the knowledge, which is called selfing, when that knowledge is claimed by that action of mind called selfing, and now there's an owner of this knowledge, self, that knowledge is not going to do any good to free that self. Yeah? It's just going to make more ornaments to hang on that self. Yeah? Another identification called a spiritual one, a spiritual seeker. So in this way, we learn about it with the hopes that it distills into a possibility. We're not saying anything. A possibility that you may not be that. 
And if I'm not that, that's being talked about, that's being inferred, that's being implied, that's being assumed, unbelievably, by this voice, by this little narration, by this little narrative going on, if I am not truly the star of that narrative, I won't be interested in it. I will see it, it's a pretty lousy movie. What makes it good is the audience. When you believe it's about you, you're just like glued to it. Just like if you had a movie theater here and you had a marquee outside and it was like the story of Paul. Now maybe 30 Pauls come because they're hoping it's about them. And maybe a couple girls who went out with a Paul want to see how right they were about him. And they come. (laughs) And the movie's all set and we got lousy jujubes and stale popcorn and it sort of smells in this theater. I locked the doors because I want so much. I want you know a group to watch me. So now the movie starts. The Pauls get it very quickly. It's not about them, and they want to do what? Leave? Yes. Immediately they want to go. Now, but I'm sitting there going, "Now just watch. The phone's going to ring. Is it my fairy princess? Did I get the job?" <laughs> and I'm totally consumed in it. But their board is their board stiff. Why? It's not about them. Could you imagine if you could apply that to that thing going on in one's head? That it was not about you? Your interest would leave it. And your attention would leave it. And now your attention, instead of being enslaved to the bondage of self, would maybe start to enrich your life by what you attend and what you're interested in. Yes? Maybe the volume, that incredibly capturing little note, that siren call... Maybe you would have an immunity to that. And your attention would leave the mental realm and maybe attend to what you, you want to name it another realm called the spiritual realm and maybe put some attention into the physical realm. Yeah. But right now, most of us are like those dogs that have manes. They put those you know, little things on them, like a rubber thing, so they can't get into itch. And we're all living right up here. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like a satellite dish. It's just picking up I, me, my, you know? <laughs> and we're wondering why we feel so disconnected. We don't feel it. That we don't, this feeling of God is everywhere, all-powerful, all-knowing, we, we never sense him anywhere we are during the day. If he's everywhere, you must bump into it occasionally. Because there's no escaping everywhere. You know, right where you are, no matter how special you think you are, you're there and everywhere. You know, but if if that spirit, if you want to call it, and I'm not saying there's a spiritual realm, just using it to draw a picture. But let's say there's the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is like this to me. Like in AA, it says you need to be opened up to the sunlight of the spirit. So let's say we're in the mental realm. Our attention and interest can't get out. First of all, it doesn't want to get out because it's still falling for it. It's all about me. Yeah? So the attention and interest really doesn't want to go. Yeah? But maybe, you know, so there it is. So here you are in the room, the mental room, and the light is outside you, outside the room. And then there's a shade. If the shade is down, no matter how powerful that light is, it ain't getting through. Yeah? A five-cent paper shade can block the sun if you're in the room. Yeah? So here we are in this room. We're feeling the lack of the sunlight of the Spirit. Yeah? We're making up a lot of stories why and reasons and blaming and all this. All basically off. Because like the Course says, you're never upset for the reason you think. You know what I mean? <laughs> because you think, that's why you're upset, really. <laughs> so here's this... The shade's down, and we're sitting in the room, and we're trying to get... We, we, the only way we can think about getting to the light is doing something. We have to get up and walk over there, and we've got to lift that shade up. If the shade... If we don't do it, it's not going to happen, yeah? And it sounds pretty logical in this realm that we're in. We're feeling we're the doer. We feel like we're separate from something that we really need. And it's going to be on us to get it done. Okay? What would happen if if that position shifted and you were on the side of the light? Yeah? You'd still see the shade. Yeah? 
and maybe you had an idea that there was a room, but you're not seeing the room, you'd still see the shade, but the shade at that point had no influence on you receiving the light. None whatsoever. It's still there, yeah? But because of the shift of position, it has no influence on you anymore. That's sort of what it's like. When your interest and attention goes off of the K-Paul or K-Deb or K-Gemma or K-Sunny, when it leaves that, yes, and let's say in recovery it says you'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part, so the mind just sort of entertains, hey, I'm on that side, yeah? So now I'm seeing the shade, but it's not stopping me from the light. Just like if you were in outside and you needed the sun, Clouds would have the ability to stop you from getting what you wanted, right? If you're sitting on a, sand, on a beach. But if you were on the other side of the clouds, you'd still see the clouds, but they'd have no ability to stop you enjoying the light. That's exactly what it's like. When you take yourself to be a self, you're in this room. It's a mental room that's been made up. It has past in it, it has future in it, it has things in it, it has time in it. It has all of these attributes that only in the room they appear to be so real and so-so. Outside, seemingly outside, is the light. But the light, this room is in the light. Yeah? It can't separate itself from the light. It can only appear to if you believe it. Yeah? So your big role is you're the one who makes up the reality of the, of the room. Yeah? If you realize you're not in the room, its reality loses its effect. So like in the Course they would say, Hey, you're the dreamer of this dream. You forgot that you've dreamt it, and you've given it all the power to affect you. So you're the, you're the dreamer of this room. You forgot you dreamt the room, and now the room and all the locations of things now have the ability to affect you greatly. Yeah. But if you would wake up and realize you're the dreamer of it, then the situation would change dramatically. Yeah. And then, so you see, if, oh, wait a minute, I'm the dreamer of this place, and I'm giving everything all the power to affect me? Wow. That's learning about the self, yeah? When you see that the movement of mind in selfing, the first movement and the basic movement of all of its acquisition is claiming. My body, my time, my thoughts, my feelings, my money, my girlfriend, my, 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 right? If you actually let that sink in and realize its first movement is the claim, that's learning about the self. Yeah? Learning about the self is, it may say it thinks it's the body, but it always says, I have a body. So it actually doesn't believe it's the body at all. Yeah? And the fact is, the only thing it's attempting to preserve is not the body or your spiritual condition, but self. It's truly in self-preservation. Yeah? When, it, when, when there was a choice between the body condition or the mind condition, it would choose the mind. It would choose the mental process of selfing. Yeah? That's what it's there to defend. That's, that's, its whole system is to excuse, rationalize, and blame so that that little precious little emptiness that is signified as something by all the onion, you know, all this, all this onion skins. If you take an onion open, there's nothing in the middle, yeah? All we're consumed by is all the onion rings, but we never realize there's nothing there. So, when I learn about the self, it leads to forgetting about the self. When I forget about the self, things change, big time. Yes? And by them changing, you realize what the problem was. Bonded to the idea of being a self. It's the root cause of it all. Yeah? How do you know that? Well, you know it from the solution. If you start getting relief from it, you'll know the problem. Yeah? By its effects being absent, you'll realize what they were when they were there. When they're always there, you don't know. Yeah? You don't know. You have no idea. But when they start becoming absent, you realize, oh, Jesus Christ, that was it. Yeah. I one thought could ruin a whole day of mine. One little thought. Oh, Do they realize I'm a fraud? That was a couple of thoughts, right? <laughs> you know, as soon as that, that entered in and grabbed on, the whole day would turn another way. One thought could turn off your whole day around. One thought. Do you think it's the thought that has the ability to do it? Or the one who believes is having the thought, or the thinker of it. That's the, that's the juice. 
It's your juice being given over to the activity of dreaming. And now the activity of dreaming is biting you on your mythical ass all day. And you're trying to find thousands of solutions. The real solution to a dreamt, the, the problems a dreamt tiger presents is to wake up. <laughs> then you'll realize it's not a real tiger. But when you're, when you're a dreamt object, the dreamt tiger is going to seem as real as you seem to be. <laughs> you can't escape it. You can't have it unreal when you're real. You'll try to make it unreal, but it'll be as real as real can be. Because its reality doesn't come from the dreamt tiger, it comes from you. Yeah? For you to seem real, that dreamt tiger has to seem real. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a great relief. It's like better than 50 time massages. Yeah. If you could get 50 time massages in a row, that would be a pretty incredible event. 50 hours of massage. This is even not better, but different, totally different. Because it's not an experience, yeah? Not an experience that's going to be swallowed up by the major format of me, me being the one who had the experience. That will override whatever experience you have, is the you that's having it. The you that's having it will have the most influence in that experience. Yes? But this is different. This is not an experience. I don't, don't even like to call it a state, but let's call it a state. It's more like a state, yes? In other words, you have experiences from the state. So now all the experiences are being defined by this frame, or this state of mind, let's call it a sense of uh, contentment and ease, yes? Just like all our experiences now are usually being framed by self-centeredness, which is, if you have a beautiful experience, Framed by self-centeredness, you're going to start worrying it when it's going to stop. Because you're so inducted into time and self-centeredness. Time is, is infused in everything, yeah? So when the ability to enjoy peace of mind is there, you can't really enjoy it because of your belief in time. Because you're immediately thinking, What's, will I have this peace later? Yeah? You see how you can't enjoy a damn thing? Because all these influences have a huge effect. Just like you, don't, you and I don't notice the effect of gravity. You don't go to a cafe and hear someone complaining about gravity, do you? My gravity was really heavy on my right shoulder. It feels, let me see. Gravity's giving you a break today. It's really heavy for me. You know, no, no one's yet, as a body, we're all under the influence of this gravity. But we have no idea of it, do we? It doesn't make, it doesn't cause any cognition whatsoever during the day. Because it's seemingly all the time. That's the only, that's the dilemma with the state of presence, because it's always, it's not a time, so it's always available, that's why it doesn't seem available. We have the ability to recognize what comes and goes, but we can't recognize what's always so. This apparatus, it's an impossibility for this apparatus to see it. So if you're identified with the camera, you're never going to get it. Yeah? I'm giving all my attention here, okay. Sony, <laughs> you thought you were having a break? No. <laughs> so when you can learn about self, yes. When you learn about self, then you'll forget about self because when you learn about self, you realize maybe or entertain it's not you. As soon as you get enough of it not being you, your interest and attention will either quickly or slowly leave. And now that same interest that causes you to stay up late at night going over and rehashing something that probably never really even happened yet, <laughs> or speculating about what's going to happen, will be up to different things, like maybe a good night's rest. <laughs> maybe the bigger picture. <laughs> Is this worth it, really? Do I really want to get upset over this? <laughs> Do I want to grab that only to have to let it go? I might as well not grab it. <laughs> so then after a while, instead of life's happening to you, it's life's happening. It's a lot of, it's a different way to go. Yeah. And I find it to be wonderfully, it works a lot better than when it's happening to me. Yeah. And if this was really me, 
I'd be working on it every day for the rest of my life. Seriously. There are so many faults I have found about Paul. <laughs> it would be like a lifetime pursuit of improvement. But this urban renewal project has been shut down, man. It's freaking the construction teams have been let go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now that place of the great the great building of Paul is like a park, <laughs> a public park. The space is lovely, yeah. <laughs> Those mental accountants seeing if you accrued enough value to be okay today are, are dismissed. <laughs> you don't have to go over the books every freaking day. How am I doing? <laughs> This is something to learn about it. It's based on total impossibilities, first of all, right? It has an assumption that maybe you don't know it's there, but when you're trying to get into the moment, you know, like we always talk about the books, you know, how to be in the moment, and then the second edition, how to really be in the moment, and then the third edition, how to really, really be in the moment. All of this movement to try to get into something you can't get out of. <laughs> Have you ever been out of a moment that you've been in? Have you? It's impossible. <laughs> so why are we trying to get into what we can't get out of? <laughs> it just makes sense. It's in the same assumption, yet it produces so much mental suffering, doesn't it? Because maybe you had a beautiful event, but you think you should have been more there. You know what I mean? If I was more present, it would have been better. You know what I mean? This is, this is just selfing, geometrically progressing. Just the merest, merest insane possibility that goes unnoticed, it geometrically progresses into incredible volumes of meaning and thoughts and all these stories about it. Yeah? And yet if you trace it back, they're insane. The whole idea of trying to get into what you can't be out of, and then the other way, how trying to get out of what you can't be in. You're not a self. You're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So this whole drive to get out of what we can't be in is just as insane as trying to get into what we can't be out of. This is, the, uh, this is when blue is blue and red is red. Things become obvious to you. And it... And the simplicity of it, the simplicity of it really freezes the self in, because it's a process, you know? It's sort of like there are some really good wrenches that when it gets thrown into its works, what happens is it stops, it grinds to a halt, and that's the pause, yeah? And in the pause, you see quote-unquote see, not eyes, but see your original face. You get a sense of what you really are, which is a mind unagitated, incredibly huge, yes? The sky's the limit. Clarity, uh, peace, for some people, the sense of deep love, all of that available right where we are right now, yeah? Not to be had as if it's a fruit on a tree and we're the one walking through the orchard. That's selfing. But it's available. Yes? And you're like a pregnant uh, waiting for what's going to move through. And you just get pared down here. You get economized. Things get much simpler to you. And you don't have to work at it. It's not like I, I study myself into simplicity. There's a download, and then the mind tries to fit around that download, and it starts taking on the shape of simplicity. Yeah, But it's just the mind responding to, uh, to the download. It's not like you getting something and putting it in. The download comes in, and then it gets expressed out. Yeah, So your mind entertains. Like for me, I remember... Uh, when in recovery, surrender is like a really important thing, you know. I mean, it means a lot to a lot of people if they're in recovery. Because usually, 
there's a point where there's a great relief when there was the surrender, when there was an admittance to your innermost self, or something happened, or the moment of clarity, and something collapsed, and then things changed, yeah? Well, surrender doesn't necessarily, is not produced by extreme circumstances. Like, when it happened to me, it was a regular day at the office. I was just trying to stay loaded so I could get some money to do some drugs, yeah? And I had no, all hope about things getting better had been given up. I'd been in two years program and nothing, back in it again. So I was pretty much hopeless, and I was just going to try to stay high until I parked in, you know, institution jails of death. You know, that was basically the scheme, it seemed. And yet, something happened. My mind froze, the download occurred, and in those two minutes, a solution came, or from that download, something expressed itself as a solution to alcoholism for the last 24 years. Give me a break. What more demonstration do you need? Yeah? My, I couldn't stop it, alcoholism, that urge to get loaded. My friends couldn't stop me. Enemies couldn't stop me. My girlfriend couldn't stop me. My mother couldn't stop it. The state couldn't stop it. Yet something happened. And it wasn't in a giant event. It was a regular day at the office. Something, my mind got frozen and something downloaded. Yes? Bypassed the selfing. And that little seed took root and germinated for the next 24 years. And it's still given out fruit. Yeah? And it doesn't seem like it's coming to an end. And I don't really do much. Yeah? <laughs> Actually, the longer it's there, seemingly there, the less I seem to do. It just keeps putting out fruit. Yeah? And not just for me, other people. With absolutely no interest on my part to be a producer of fruit. <laughs> it was obvious in a short while to the, the, the pseudo big dog that the big dog had shown up. <laughs> and then the little dog better roll on its back and have a very humble, honoring position because there's the big dog. So a power that's greater than self dawns on the self. That's the only thing self respects is a power greater than it. Yeah? It doesn't respect the God it makes. No way. It just doesn't give a shit. It doesn't give about saints or anything else that it makes or dead masters that it makes into something. It's when a power greater than it dawns on it, then self knows that it's inherently absent. And now the, the shenanigans are going to come to a stop. Because something that's always available at all times has broke, seemingly broken through the daze and the haze of a confused mind, yes? And there's no stopping it after that. Like Ramana Maharshi says, your head is in the tiger's mouth, it's a done deal. Yeah, you have, you're not going to back out now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been taken out of your uh, hands. It was never in your hands to begin with, but <laughs> the illusion that it was in your hands is broken pretty fast. So, so I like that statement by this guy. You know, to learn about the self is to forget the self. <laughs> Why? Because you'll learn that it's not you, that it's a fabrication. It needs that constantly, and it can actually meet that quota of constancy. There's a lot of breaks here. But it has to incessantly apply the glue for the bondage of self to seem to be holding. Yeah? Because it's such an unnatural, it's like oil and water, the spirit with this idea and this mental idea. Yeah? It's like the glue has to be applied all day. That's why there's so many thoughts going through one's head. You know? That's why when you meet a topic, like I remember when I first got into spirituality, I was brought up a Catholic. I wouldn't call that spirituality though, in my case. But when I got introduced to an Indian guru, I had never looked into spirituality this life. I was only 18. Never thought about it. But as soon as I was engaged with that guru, millions of thoughts came up about spirituality. Where did they come? Did I gather them in 18 years of playing baseball and doing drugs and running around Long Island? No. They were there, waiting, mind, a giant labyrinth, conditional mind of concepts and beliefs and old ideas and concepts upon concepts upon concepts. 
and as soon as it meets the topic that engages it, they download. Yeah? As soon as I met that spiritual teacher, I didn't know it, but my mental state gave that a nobility that it didn't give anything else in this world. So millions of ideas came about what they should be like, what I should be like, what I need to do, what a da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and it was like, a fun, it was like from a little county jail cell to San Quentin of the mind, like overnight. I mean, I swear to God, I was at the point I wanted to kill the guru after a few years, because I couldn't, I was just emotionally torn, because he was presented as the Lord of the Universe, and here's me, and I don't like the Lord of the Universe. What does that make me? <laughs> My mind had a field day, what it made me. <laughs> it made me really bad. <laughs> Someone who really deserves a lot of shit happening. That's probably why I got run over in the car when I left. You know, Who knows? But I bet you it had something to do with it. I had it set up. My head, oh, it was just like, I thought I was getting on the path of enlightenment. It was like walking into a big bear trap. <laughs> Spirituality. It was torturous. And at least I got a rush when I shot dope. This was maybe lifetimes before you purify yourself enough to reach the goal. Give me a break. When you were a kid, and if you weren't in a bad situation, were you looking for retreats or meditation? <laughs> Were you reading spiritual books? You were living it. You were exactly where they want to go through all that stuff. You were right there. Because your mind hadn't entertained it could be anywhere else yet. Yeah, It was going to soon, but it hadn't entertained it could be anywhere else. That's why when you were playing, that's all there was because you didn't have an idea of time about next week to worry about, will I be playing next week? You didn't have that at that point. It hadn't developed yet. So you were pretty, pretty damn liberated at a certain point when you were really young. So when you're liberated, there's no need to become liberated. Yeah? There's no irritability, restlessness, and discontent. You may not get what you want, and it passes quickly. It's the adults that hold on to the story for hours. You know, The kid, is, he flips out, and then a second later, he's happy as hell again. Everything's moving quickly, because nothing can grab on, because there wasn't the idea of self yet. Yeah? Self is like the rock where the barnacles rest. As soon as the rock is in place, the barnacles find a place to lock in. And that's what they survive. They survive on that rock. If you're going to spend your whole life trying to pull each barnacle off, just get rid of the rock. Yeah, the barnacles will fly right by. They won't, be able, they won't have anything to grab onto. Yeah? This is what happens when you forget about the self. The self is like that beacon that's calling everything. It's like we were talking the other night. Let's say you're out not outside in your porch and you have a light bulb on and the moths are just flying into the light bulb, yes? Just going. And you try to swing away, but they're, they're just drawn to that light bulb, aren't they? If the light wasn't there, you don't know what the moths are doing. They're out there mothing around. You don't see them much. And then suddenly, another bug... Yeah? And so, here we are in this condition, we take ourselves to be the light, yes? And we want relief from all the moths and everything, but as long as you're playing the role of the light, the thoughts are going to be about you. The feelings are going to be yours. The situations are like, problems are going to be your problem. You're going to be stuck in this place called time. All of that is going to have the meaning because you're the light bulb, yeah? What would happen if you took the bulb out? The moths and the insects would stop moving towards that. Yes? They would spread out again. It's not the moths and insects, it's the blight. Yeah? I'm a long lasting, independent, separate entity. I'm the doer, I'm the chooser, I'm the haver. Yeah? Unscrew that, learn about the self. It gets unscrewed, then you forget self. Yeah? And then the moths don't have this beacon to go after all day. These mental moths aren't going to go to your little artificial light, I, me, mine. Yeah? Because it will be dimmed down and everything will spread out and it will seem to be totally different than it was before because it will be brought about by your absence, not your presence. Your presence is what's drawing all these moths and everything to orbit around you. 
When that weakens, when the mental state diminishes, and let's say the spiritual state amplifies, what happens is the light isn't in a bowl, it's everywhere. Yes? The moths aren't attracted to that one fixated position, they're in the light. Everything, instead of being concentrated and sucked in like life is happening to me, now life is happening. Big, big, big stage, big theater going on. Yes? Just take the bulb out, and you can't take the bulb out. So realize, hey, I may not be the bulb. That's how you take it out. Yeah? It was never in to begin with. That's the only way it works. Once it's given the meaning that it was in, it's going to be a bitch getting out and out. Yes? Once you believe that it is in, then it can really be in. It can always recur and be in again. And then you have all these plans to get out of it, and they won't probably work. But if you're not in it, that's the best way to get out of it. It doesn't take any time. Yeah? If you're not inherently in it, that's the best way to get out of it. <laughs> well, here you are. You're the light. Thoughts are held as your thoughts. That's why they keep going around you. Yes? You got no peace. Feelings, your feelings, revolve around you. Time, your time. Problems, your problems. Relationships, your relationships. They all get cast into an orbit around you. Yeah? Yeah. How do you like it to be claustrophobic? Yeah? I would like when something has happened, let's say at 10 in the morning, to be done with it. I wouldn't like to have to be in the audience when my mind wants to bring it up at 10 at night and try to go over it and go down all the avenues of how things would have been different if it hadn't happened the way it did. <laughs> but it did. <laughs> it seems to me like a ridiculous activity. Yeah? But do we have any power against it? No, we don't. Self is going to be get selfing. Yes? They're like in a symbiotic relationship. If you're the one who thinks he's doing the selfing, yeah? The selfing will even get more extreme. Yeah? The self and the selfing are symbiotic. Selfing produces the sense of a self. The sense of a self feels like it was before the production. Yeah? So the sense of self is I'm the one who's selfing, but actually the selfing produced the feeling of I'm the one. Yeah? But the way it switches, it doesn't play the same rule it has you playing time by, it doesn't. It plays time this way. A mental process produces a sense of self. The sense of self is given a feeling of being historically there before the mental process. Yes? So either self's happening to you or you're doing it. Yeah? But you're the end product of something. The feeling of me is a product. Yeah? A process that has to take time to get to the point of producing the product. Most of us are starting our day from that production of the product. We are living the product. Yeah? We're not seeing, we're not learning about self. Yeah? And therefore, we're not forgetting it. By not learning about self, we're bound to keep remembering it. And all this day is used for by the mental process is to remember Paul. That's all it's doing. Every time it has a re-feeling or a resentment, it remembers Paul, something happening to Paul some other time. When it rethinks something, it's the same thing. When something is seen, oh, that reminds me of what? It reminds me of Paul having that remembrance. Yes? Paul is an activity of memory. It's being remembered all day. When you were a baby, you didn't have memory, so you couldn't remember yourself. So each day was day in and of itself, and it, when it left, it was gone. There was no remnants of it for the next day. But with memory, we, we remembered all day. That's what the claiming does. Every time a thought is claimed as my thought, you're remembered. Every time a feeling is claimed as my feeling, you're remembered. Every time a problem becomes my problem, you're remembered. That's its whole point. It can't be you, but it can remember you. Yeah? 
When you go to deep sleep, you don't remember you. Yeah? There's a great relaxation. Probably gives you enough juice to get to the next day of selfing. <laughs> you get a rest for a couple of hours or so. A total rest for the selfing. No remembering Paul. And you feel really rejuvenated as Paul the next morning. <laughs> and then you run that down until you go to sleep and you get rejuvenated again. <laughs> It's a lot of work to remember you, isn't it? It's a lot of work to have everything that happens refer to a past happening. That's what resentment means. It, calls, it means to re-feel something, yeah? So the re means to do again. So I see something happening now, it reminds me of something that I thought happened in the past, and I re-feel that, yeah? But what's the emphasis on? The feeling or on the who's having the feeling? It's on the who that is having the feeling. You're being remembered. When you're doing something you love, it's not happening. So when you're surfing or sex or maybe shopping, whatever, where, whatever you do, doing service, there's a point where you forget about yourself, and that's when you feel the best, yeah? Because that remembering gets short-circuited for a little while. And you really love to, you try to remember how it was, but you weren't there. <laughs> of course, it claims it. It claims it's so incredible the selfing will claim its own absence as an experience. <laughs> Watch it. Check it out. If you have an epiphany, which is basically you have been forgotten, to self, the remembering wasn't occurring, so you were forgotten. Self was forgotten. And then maybe when it sort of ends, the epiphany, it usually coincides with a thought, oh man, I really just had this incredible spiritual experience. See? <laughs> As soon as the mental process claims the epiphany, which is its own absence, it makes it an experience to reinforce your fake presence. You've got to watch it. If you want to have freedom from self, you've got to learn about it. Like this man said, to learn about self is to forget self. Like Ramana Maharshi said, to know God is to be God. It's sort of the same thing. It's not saying to know God is to be a knower of God. That would be selfing. To know God is to be God. To know, to learn about self isn't to be a, a learned self. It's to realize you're not that. And that sort of in, initiates a very free and natural losing interest in it because it's not about you. And you can use small examples in your daily life to demonstrate that principle. When you're keenly doing something and then it dawns on it's not about you, you lose interest in it quite a lot, right? Yes. See it. It's just a principle of mind. Recognize it. Watch it. Yeah. It'll distill into, hey, all those, all the assumptions, all the inferences, all the implying, all the it's like arthritic fingers, like in Zen they said, you know, the, the teachings are like a finger pointing at the moon. Don't get caught by the finger, yeah? Don't get caught in the teachings. It's the moon you'd like to see. In this case, the teaching of selfing is, there ain't no moon. All there is is the pointing. <laughs> the mind does the rest, yeah? This bottle is now called my bottle. What does the mind do? It infers or implies an owner. Who's the owner? Me. Me. Who's that me? I don't know. I'm just the owner of this. Yeah, and it goes on and on and on and on like that, right? Constantly getting reinforced. If you see it, you'll see it as a structure. Maybe that will wake you up. Yeah, jeez. How could I be, if how could I be what I'm, what I'm told myself to be, this, this constant inherent island, and see like this lady said the other, today, her whole uh, personality changed when she took a pill, like an antidepressant pill then obviously you couldn't, that couldn't be you. That could be changed so dramatically. Yeah? What you would be would have to have an inherent quality yeah? to be a you. Yes. What are you? What are, we're taking ourselves to be. Anything can be manipulated. Our personality with the right drug, you'll, have a, you'll be, have a happy face on every day where before you were depressed. Yes. All these things have been manipulated. They're not you. What you are can't be manipulated. What you are isn't affected by what's appearing here. What you are is prior to all this activity. Yeah? That's the beauty of it. The beauty of it, it's not of here. If it was of here, it would come and go. 
it would be affected by causes and conditions. Yeah, all of it have all the all the qualities we take ourselves to have. Yeah, it doesn't have that. It's like in, it's unnervingly on. It never blinks. It never takes a break. It's always available at all times. It's truly love in a sense. No matter how far away you believed you are, if you stopped believing you were that far away, you'd be right where you were. And it would be right there in a nanosecond. It wouldn't even take any time. It would be right where you are. As soon as you come out of your little mental trip, there it is. If you're in here in this room and the shade's down, the only idea you have about life is conceptual based on seeing it from the room, which is, means you're not seeing it. Yeah? All you have is conceptions about it. That's not the fucking light. The light is when you're in the light. Then you'll know it. You'll know it. You'll know it like an unspoken yes. There'll be no freaking debate or anything like that about it. It'll just have the uh, instinctual whack. Yeah? Because it doesn't take long to respond to light. <laughs> but while we're sitting here with the shade down, we're just making up stories. Maybe, oh, I remember, there were some people that had gone into the light, you know, 2,000 years ago, or whatever, like that. Jesus, man. Well, there you have it for tonight. <laughs> <clears throat> Feisty. This is if I had a sword, I'd cut a couple heads off. Mine first. <laughs> yes, yours, definitely. But that may be a little too personal. I'd have to go with Sunny first. <laughs> the sword wouldn't cut cleanly if it was personal, really. The sword of compassion must be wielded by impartiality. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Paul. You know, my question was like, you know, people that have a handle that, you know, where their self is, they seem to have extraordinary control or command of their manifestations, like their personality. You know, it's yeah. yeah. I, I'm just wondering why that's See so. You know. You know. Is it because you just are not neurotic anymore? Or that no, I've seen some people that are crazy. <clears throat> so, yeah, so I don't think there's any rules about it. I mean, just... Uh... I just think what happens is whatever, and they're very varied manifestations of self, yeah? Whatever they are... Uh, You'll travel lighter, quote unquote, as them, yeah, because you're not. You'll travel lighter, yeah? Yeah. I don't think this is about becoming good in a way, or it's just about a recognition of something prior to good and bad, you know? I don't think I've gotten much saner the last few years. I don't really don't. Or maybe more control of manifestation? Oh, uh, no, no, no control. Huh. No. No, what ha- I just lost interest in the need to be liberated. You know, I find the true transcendence is staying here, being here. It was the last place I was looking for it. Literally, yeah. All that movement to try to get away was a form of being in what I call selfing. Like when I'm out of something, I feel like I can do nothing and be in control of everything. Well, yeah, there's no need to control. Yeah. 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 However it manifests, the whole point is you'll get a sense of, it will definitely be, uh, on a broad view, it will be traveling lighter, no matter what situation or condition you're in. It doesn't mean it will change the situations and conditions of life Mm -hmm. yet. But you'll travel lighter over them on a consistent level. Yeah, and I, I find that's what most people are really looking for. No matter what they name it or give whatever meaning to give it, if they felt really content right now, 
a lot of things would be different. Yeah, How they viewed things would be really different. It's the lack of contentment that drives the mind. It's sort of like a wind. So the mind's sail is constantly catching that wind, agitated and self and seeking and selfing, yeah? Becoming and unbecoming, becoming and unbecoming, becoming and unbecoming, becoming and unbecoming, never ending like a slinky. Yeah. There's no rest in it because it's looking to achieve or to complete something. Where the state of being, I don't want to, I don't like using those names, but let's just say being, being is whole in and of itself. It's not here to uh, complete or achieve or culminate anything. It already is whole. That's why it's not of time. It takes time to do something and to make something, yeah? It's not going anywhere. It's totally complete. It, maybe it, it has one drive to express itself, but it's not, doesn't have a drive to achieve or to, or to, or to complete because it's already complete in and of itself. So when mind become or when mind becomes aware of that, mind mind's response is in kind. It starts chilling out and it starts becoming clearer. Yeah, and it's not agitated anymore. So it can enjoy peace of mind. And now it's it's not fooled by the, the uh, false value of past and future. So it sees the real value here. Yeah. So it's attending here, while the mental process may be attending to there and then, there's a large chunk of attention that's attending to here. And this is where life's happening, you know? This is like where the life current is happening. This is where you get a charge. This is where things are sparking. Yeah? It's not there and then. The mental realm is all about there and then. When you believe you're here in the mental realm, it's made of, of past and future. It can it doesn't have any any idea or concept of the present without it being bookended by past and future. So that's not really the present. So the mental here is a false here. That's what I think most people are trying to get out of is the mental here. They're taking it to be here, so they're doing outlandish things to try to get relief from here drinking and shooting dope, but they really want to get relief from here. Yeah, And if they would just attend to really being here, that would be the beginning of relief. But it's hard to see that because you believe this is happening. Yeah, You believe this here is the here, where it's just a minor activity in the here. Yeah. So that's what addiction is, don't you see, really? Addiction is... Is is the ment is the mind's feeble solutions to the original addiction, which is mind addicted to the idea of being a self. Yeah, the mind got addicted to that idea. It can't get out of the addiction. It's dying for relief, so it does other things to get relief from that addiction. Yeah, none of them complete the mission. So then, when that addiction dries out, maybe pornography starts occurring, or making tons of money, or workaholism, or whatever. It's always going to keep leaking out because it hasn't reached satisfaction. Yeah. And so we're trying to look at the first knot, which I believe is the identification as self. If that, if you see that as not being so, it may that first knot has this thread that runs through all the other knots of your life jobs and money and all this health. And then when this loosens, there'll be a loosening expressing in all your areas of life. And you'll know, like it says in the Bible, you'll know the tree by the fruit. You'll get the demonstration and it's, it's, doesn't, it's not a big leap to realize you're onto something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because you have a, a, like a, a gut-felt memory of the incessant agitation that you were living under for many, many years and now it's chilled out. Yeah? It's like fucking the difference between heaven and hell, really. And it doesn't escape your attention, and you honor it. I do. I'm really freaking grateful that my head isn't occupied with what it was occupied with like 20, you know, 15, 16 years ago. Seriously. I was, I, I would, if that would have continued, I'd be apt to do almost anything right now to get relief. Yeah? Because it was, it was freaking unbearable to be thought about all day. An idea of being a self that's thought about all freaking day. Everything gone over and over and over, rehashed and, you know, and then convicted hundreds of court cases with no chance of parole or anything, just doing time, basically. And then suddenly, 
all those cases were put in one thing, brought to the court of light, and I was dismissed. I was fucking freed from that fucking bondage to the self. <laughs> and I'm, I'm forever grateful every moment that passes without that giant ball and chain and being dragged. <laughs> I'm really, really ecstatic in the relief from it. <laughs> I mean, now I can get upset over and name things like the Yankees losing and stuff. <laughs> then I was getting upset over the really important things. When am I going to get what I deserve? <laughs> so, do you think that that happened all at once? That change, or was it gradual? Maybe the download happened all at once, but the change obviously is going to express in time here for the rest of your life. Yeah. So the change keeps on a changing, you know, or keeps on affecting change. Yeah. So maybe the download comes in, the mind. Oh, gets recalibrated, but the effect of that recalibration is going to manifest through time, through a lot of days of your life, as long as you're alive. Yeah? You're going to see it manifesting. and It's, it's amazing how many uh, facets or how many uh, sides of that the light can hit. You know? Thousands of different hits you know, with a unique little flavor to it. So it it keeps you incredibly curious, first of all, and also very attentive because it's like a never-ending, like a, a a spool of yarn that's never-ending, just unwinding. You know. So before I wanted to die, really quite a lot, leave here. You know, I used to shoot big shots of coke, and I was hoping I wouldn't come out. I was always mad when I woke up, you know, and. Uh, I, you know, I just felt like I wanted to get out of here. Now it's, I, I, I don't want to get out of here. I enjoy this place quite a lot. Now I'll probably leave tonight. <laughs> but I enjoy it greatly. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Before, that enjoyment got like, just soured at the, you know, as soon as the mental condition started getting uh, dominant, you know, the, the joy of living got soured so fast. It didn't seem worth it from all the shit that was going on in one's head to show up, you know? And to have that reverse is great. It's a great uh, demonstration. Yeah. Isn't content itself something? Being content? And, in, 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 and where, I mean, being in love, is that... Well, don't go that. Don't see if you go that way, you'll drive yourself crazy. Let's say selfing is just the is just the uh, let's say the critiquing the narration of what's going on. Yeah, contentment isn't a narration of what's going on. It's going on. Yeah, the selfing is about a narration about what's going on, more like an interpretation. Contentment is about really living. Yeah, <clears throat> when you're living in contentment, there's not a story about it. There's yeah. You see a little bit, yeah. So, so is there like a total resting, like beyond any doubt, like there's no wondering, like am I just making this up? Well, not. It's not even that. You just lose interest in all that conjecture, mental conjecture. Really, you just lose interest in it. Before it mean, it meant a lot. My own opinion meant a whole lot. <laughs> now it doesn't. I don't care if I'm insane or not. I don't. I really don't care. I could. I could be put away tonight and uh, it wouldn't invalidate whatever happened. If you got touched and allowed you to travel lighter, then hallelujah. Yeah? I know a lot of people, I remember when I was young, I liked uh, Don Juan. You remember the Don Juan stuff? Carlos Castaneda. Just liked it when I was kids. I used to eat peyote and mescaline, you know. I was a dealer, I used to deal mescaline. I had an affinity, you know, posters. and Well, I just liked that. So I read all those books, Don Juan's books. And uh, then they had a lot of people come and say, Don Juan, the guy, Castaneda, was a charlatan and this and that. Yet a lot of people got very, very influenced and motivated by those books. So in a sense, just like we saw a, a... a documentary on Bill W., which is one of the co-founders of AA. 
Now, he had a very hard time in some respects. He suffered through depression and everything like that. But does that have anything to do with the message that came through him? That message has helped millions of people now. Yeah. So a lot of times, our eye wants to go to the messenger when really the, the value is the message. Yeah. The messenger, you'll always find fault in the messenger, but the message, see how it works for you. Yeah? That's my view with it. Yeah. Is that it? Oh, Jesus, another one. Yes, all right. <laughs> you talked about like memory, like the, the, the people who say like they remember past lives or whatever. Like, do you think there's any relevance to that, or like, what, what there's a relevance to them? What could it be that can carry over? Well, yeah, but to them it's relevant. So, so if the if there's a dreaming going on, and to the dreaming something that's being dreamt has value, then it has value in a sense because it's the dreaming of it. Yeah. You know, but I don't believe it. I don't have a belief in that that we continue on. But you know just you know how you get conjured up all day as a historical figure, don't you? When you're remembered, you're remembered as the as the Paul that was here earlier and then played with his father. Yeah? So the mind's conjuring up a historical you every second of the day. Well, it goes to town and just starts making up other historical views. You know, the, the size is just different. One's happening every day. The other is, is, is being entertained while the other one, the first one's happening every day. This one is uh, like a like a secondary explosion. Now you're thinking, I was like, you know when they do those, when people go into their past lives, they're never like the cobblers, you know, or the street cleaners. They're always Marie Antoinette or a, a prince or something. What about the guy who cleaned the toilets back then or something? You know? You're never remembering them those lives, you know. It's always, I was this swashbuckler or something. You know? yeah. I don't know. To me... You know, you have a, like Buddha would supposedly would never want to talk about metaphysics or anything, or he never want to talk about the cause of everything. He said it's way too far. The whole point is to ask, hey, are you experiencing suffering? Yeah. Do you want to know what's causing that suffering? And he would say, desire. My view, it's desire to become. That's what selfing's doing all day. Selfing's desiring to become a self. Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's relief. Do you want to do it? So, for me, it's nice to talk about all this stuff, but really, how are you traveling? Yeah, if you're traveling lighter, you're on to something. Yeah. I mean, the booby prize is to think you know something when you're bummed out. You know, it's just so heavy out. Like, people can become professors of holes, but they're still falling in the holes. What's that knowledge doing? It's not saving them from the holes. So what value does it have? Yeah. Maybe he'll be used to save other people from holes, but he'll fall himself in the holes. It's like a lot of people who share messages, they tend to fuck up in a way. Or some, a lot of people would say they fucked up, you know. They do something, uh, sleep with all the students, or steal the money, or whatever. <laughs> you know. so. All right, that's it. Students, or steal the money, or whatever. <laughs> you know. Oh. All right, that's it.